0: This is a Triple J podcast. G'day, welcome to The Shake-Up on Hack. It's been a huge week, hasn't it? I'm Dave Marchese. I'm here to help push you into the weekend with this podcast We're unpacking some of the headlines you might have seen kicking around. We didn't have a chance to talk about on Hack during the week. We've got a jam-packed half an hour coming up for you and an incredible shake-up crew. Here's a little bit of a taste of what's to come. Hack, Deputy Liberal Leader, says it's time Australia rethinks whether there's a place for the
1: adult entertainment institutions. Esther McVeigh is taking on the role of so-called Minister for Common Sense, but do we need
0: one? Even in light of all the other achievements in my life, it's still on the first page. And probably I'm making it work suppose I click it all the time. On Triple Jack. Yeah, we're talking banning strip clubs. A politician says it's time to help crack down on misogyny. What do you think? Later, we're getting into the right to be forgotten. So I want to know if there's one thing about you that exists online that you hate, that you've been trying to get rid of. It's horrible. It's cringe. Message in. What is it? Come on, it's a safe space. Let us know. 0439757555. First, though... We've got to get to know our Shake-Up crew, and I've got to say, this is a special one because it wasn't long ago that we had, you know, like, the Prime Minister on the Shake-Up made a bit of a guest appearance, and now we've got kind of like the Prime Minister of AFL, I guess you could say. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> and AFL Premiership Captain Collingwood skifford Darcy Moore. Welcome to the Shake-Up. Thanks, Dave. I think I've got to update my, uh, my Insta bio <laughs> with the Prime Minister of Football. Is that, that's what people call you, isn't it? <laughs> Is what you call me now. Hey, so, <laughs> what's more nerve wracking, do you reckon, AFL Grand Final or coming on the shake up on Hack? Um, definitely the <laughs> shake up on Hack. I'm
2: far. I'm sorry, but I spend hours and hours training to play football. But uh, yeah, pretty new to being on Hack. But no, it's exciting. Happy nah, to be here. We're happy to have you here. So, what are you up to in the off season? Like, yeah. what's, what's what's the go? I'm just hanging out, to be honest. I'm normally. Um, Traveling somewhere in a far off distant land where no one's heard of AFL because it's <laughs> uh, it's pretty fun doing that. But um, no, I've been hanging around Australia this off season, which has been kind of nice. Obviously, we we won the premiership a few months ago, so I've definitely been walking around the streets of. Uh, Melbourne and Sydney and getting the old high five from oh, the uh, from the old fans. So the buzz just... <laughs> is still there.
0: You're like, oh, how long does this last for? Yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm
2: sure it'll wear off day one of pre-season when we're <laughs> running laps for two hours. But, um, no, for now, it's, uh, it's fun to enjoy it.
0: Do you reckon people would believe if I said, oh, Darcy and I used to play footy back in the day, actually. That's how we know each other. That's why he's on the Shake Up. I think so, yeah. Oh, not sure. Yeah. It's a lie. But, hey, we've got to get to know the other Shake Up guests today. Coming from WA, author of the brilliant new book, The Villain Edit, Alicia Aiken radburn how the
1: hell are you? I am a so good, Dave, and I'm wondering what I'm the Prime Minister of now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Darcy has just got this, like, absolute vibe started and I'm like... No,
0: oh, you're um, like the Prime Minister of reality TV, I guess you could oh, say. Oh, thank you. Ooh. I'll
1: take it. I was <laughs> going to say Prime Minister of good books, just a bit of a plug. <laughs> oh,
0: <yeah. laughs> Go get the villain edit. It is a brilliant book. I tore through it. I can highly recommend it. But, hey, just to get an idea of how much you guys know about each other's world, like, Darcy, are you into reality TV? Do you watch a bit? I'm not into reality TV at all. Oh, um, however, sure. having
2: said that, last year I was, normally I'm not, but last year I spent a bit of time um, with a bit of an illness and in hospital and yeah. I spent a lot of time watching some absolute trash reality TV. Oh, my God, I
1: want to know what you like, <laughs> Okay. Darcy, are okay. you a Love Island guy? <laughs>
2: no, my big three was like, Obviously, selling sunset, oh my um, <laughs> and then got a little bit into Indian matchmaking as well. Oh my yes, oh. Indian ma-
1: matchmaking was really good.
0: I really liked it. Okay, I this really feels like a review it. show now. I think I'm going to have to rein it in, Alicia. <laughs> how much do you know about AFL? Do you get behind okay, footy? Because you're well, now you're in the West. Like were you a Swans supporter, and now you've had to switch allegiances?
1: Absolutely not. I'm a NRL girl through oh, and through, sorry, and it was Darcy. such a culture shock when I moved to Western Australia, and they like hardly even play on the TVs. <laughs> and so I, 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 you know, I'm a West Coast Eagles girl now these Ooh. days. Um, <laughs> Darcy, but I don't know, cool, Darcy, cool, maybe cool. by the end of this conversation.
2: I think so. I think so. And it's a tough time at the Eagles
0: at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Lots jumping ship. <laughs> hey, look, now it's turning into a sports podcast. We're covering all the things on the shake up today. But hey, we've got so much to get into. Let's go. Hi. Hey. A Liberal MP opposing new strip clubs opening. Shock. On Triple Jack. Yeah, this headline really blew up this week when the Liberal Party's highest-ranking female politician, Susan Lee, called for a ban on new strip clubs. Now, she says she's got worries about women's safety and how they're shaping young men's attitudes towards women. The response to this announcement... Or a lot of really big opinions. Not everyone was happy with this politician's take. Hack. The deputy leader of the opposition is calling for a national conversation about strip clubs.
1: My issue is not that there are unregulated venues or that venues should not be allowed to progress, but do we need any more? Have we not moved on from the ritual of the Bucks night of the objectification and commodification of women? She's not necessarily wrong. However, what has been said is honestly an attack on sex workers instead of holding the perpetrator accountable. I love getting naked. I love performing. It's really given me everything I wanted out of life.
0: On Triple J. Yeah, all this came about because Susan Lee, who's the shadow minister for women, was speaking out against a proposed strip club in her electorate. I'm wondering what you think of this though, what did you think of what she had to say? Do you think there should be a ban on strip clubs? Do they bother you? Do they feel like they're from another time? Maybe you back this man or you reckon it's completely off. Let me know. You can call in 1300 You can message in as well, 043975755 This is The Shake Up On Hack. I've got with me Collingwood captain Darcy Moore, author, influencer Alicia Aitken-Radburn. Alicia, Australia's peak body for sex workers says this is blaming sex workers for the attitudes and behaviours of men. Do you think that's fair?
1: I think it is fair. And it's it's a really interesting discussion. But I think what's what's most interesting to me is if we drill down on Susan Lay's comments. And, you know, obviously she's questioning the moral value to society, but she, she really hones in on the fact that the entertainment offered is degrading to women. And what that makes me think of is, you know, the entertainment offered is what um, a, a whole range of you know, from sort of like dancing to um, more overt sex work, I guess. And I, I think, like, what where I hit on is, is sex inherently degrading? And I would say no. And so I think, I think really what it hits on is that as a society, we consider sex. We stigmatise sex and we think that the act of going to a strip club or going to a sex worker, I think we we moralise around that and we input shame into that act.
0: I mean, to be clear, Susan Lee said it's not about judging the choices of women. Like she says, I respect the right of women to engage in this work but it must be on their own terms. Isn't that fair enough, Alicia?
1: Well, I think that really, I think what we should be shifting to and what we should be interrogating is that she she said that she finds that strip clubs, for instance, place women at significant personal and financial risk. And so I wonder why she isn't concentrating on interrogating, on coming up with policy solutions that rectify that. Because I, I do agree with the peak body that we shouldn't be placing the blame. It feels... it's. I don't understand, like I read this thing from this fabulous um, advocate that I think a lot of us would know of, Tarang Chawla, this week, who said maybe we need to just focus on boys' and men's attitudes and the behaviour of them in strip clubs instead of telling women what to do and what not to do. And it feels like at every juncture we are dictating the choices that women make but we never spend time interrogating like are we having this debate about guys who are like touring in Magic Mike at the moment no
0: Darcy Moore what's your take on this one
2: yeah I was gonna say a similar thing I was gonna say Susan's point around um you know the attitudes of young men as they relate to women um is a really important point but that's sort of separate and can be divorced from the idea of of strip clubs and adult entertainment industry. So I totally agree that, you know, clearly with, what, over 50 women dying at the hands of their male partner this year already in Australia, a conversation needs to be had around masculinity and healthy masculinity and it's important. People's lives are literally, it's literally an issue of life or death. Mm. So it's an important discussion but, yeah, I, I tend to agree that drawing the line between Adult
0: entertainment businesses and and these attitudes is you know, it's it's pretty nuanced. Can I ask you, like as Captain of Collingwood, a leader in sport, a role model for a lot of young men, how big of a focus is this for you in terms of addressing attitudes in young men and mentorship and that kind of thing?
2: Yeah, I think it's it's obviously a massive one. I mean, AFL, you don't need to know much about it to know. For generations, it's been a male-dominated industry. And so, there's been
0: some problematic stuff in the past, you know, misogyny, whatever it is, not only in AFL, across the codes. How big of a focus is it to tackle that?
2: Totally. It's a it's a big focus. And I think one of the important things and one of the awesome things that I've seen, even over my time, you know, I've been in the league nine years, almost 10 years now, and um, seeing the women's competition, female pathways into the game, I'm seeing doors open for women, not, yes playing in the AFLW and coaching in the AFLW, but doors starting to open for women in the men's game, both in roles, you know, both, you know, roles off the field relating to coaching football departments, um, logistics of how a football department runs. I, I think if you just took a sample of the the employees that we're seeing through the department, it's definitely I'm seeing more female representation, which I think is a really great thing compared to even nine years ago when I started, which I think at the end of the day is the most – Powerful, important thing. Yeah. Young girls watching TV, looking at the bench of an AFL team and seeing that, you know, there are female doctors and female people sitting on the bench moving magnets around. I
0: think it's, it's important. Interesting stuff. We've got a lot of messages coming through on the text line from people on this proposed ban on strip clubs. Someone says, if you want to crack down on misogyny, yeah, we should be focusing on educating young people and re-educating adults. Banning strip clubs will only turn the industry into uh, an illegal sex trade. Emily says, I've got many girlfriends who strip for part-time work and as a female, I find their work empowering. No, all strip clubs are not degrading. There are rules in place to stop men's behaviour getting out of control. Another person says, ridiculous. Listen to the vast majority of sex workers who do it because they want to, legalise it to protect them. And someone else says, "Uh, this sounds like a Liberal Party trying to sound like they care about women, but probably coming off sounding stupid. That's someone's opinion right there. Alicia, have you ever been to a strip club?
1: (laughs) Dave, <laughs> uh, Yeah, I have. I have. Um, and to be honest, like I had a really great time. Um, I think that, you, you know, when I've been to a strip club, I f- found that like the dancers were super talented and I had a really nice night and I found it to be quite a respectful environment. Um, and I, I, I just go back to that point of shame. Like uh, when you just asked me that question, I'm like, oh, should I feel some sort of way? because I've been to a strip club. I don't think so. Do we think that, like, if we really drill down on the individual acts, is it the act of naked nakedness that makes us feel shame? Is the act of, like, embracing our sexuality? Like, I do think that those things make people feel uncomfortable, but I really think that we should be moving in the direction of, like, sex isn't inherently shameful. And there are things to discuss, don't get me wrong. Like, I think of... um. I'm really curious around uh, about the world of sex work, and I often think about OnlyFans. And I would say that um, I feel like I read a multitude of articles every week, being like, "This creator has earned billions of dollars in 24 hours," and I do worry that young women consume articles like that and think that sex work is easy work or easy money. And I. Uh, you know, speaking to people that I know in the industry, I don't think that it's that way. It's actually like um, it's really hard work and more than just like I think people just think it's like taking off your clothes and then like bam, your bank account's full. Um, There is so much that goes into it. Marketing, invoicing, tax, like it's, it's a... Yeah, it's definitely not easy work.
0: We got a lot of messages coming through on this one. Some people saying, yeah, well, like, you know, we've got to empower people. We've also got to make sure that the culture is okay, that people are safe, uh, that they want to be, you know, in those roles. Someone's messaged in, I've spent $65,000 on strippers over the past six years. It's not just the lap dance, it's the chats, the whole thing. Those women own what they do, make a killing and most enjoy the cash. Someone's uh, message there, another person says, strip clubs actually teach you to be respectful, uh, what's okay, what's not, and to Mm. respect their work. Another person says, if you don't like strip clubs, don't go. And somebody else says, are these the views of the minister's electorate, as she is employed to do, or are they personal views? Well, look, um, not a minister. It is uh, the uh, uh, deputy opposition leader, Susan Lee. Uh, that She was responding to complaints that have been made in her community of Albury. There's so many messages coming through. Uh, we might just go quickly to a caller. We've got someone on the line now. Neve, what's your take on this?
1: Yeah, look, my sister is um, a dancer at a strip club, and do you know what? It has been one of the best things she's ever done.
0: Interesting. Um, Why is
1: that? Look, she's gotten a really good hold on her mental health, um, and because of the people she works with, they're in all different fields.
0: Right. That's, mm. yeah, yeah, interesting take. And, and you know, people backing up uh, what you're saying, Neve, on the text line who've had experiences working in strip clubs. There's so many different views on this one. We're running out of time. Got to move on.
1: Hack. Minister for Common Sense. Presumably they all have common sense, don't they? On Triple J.
0: Ministers. All the governments have them. You hear about them? The Minister for the Environment, the Minister for Education... What about the Minister for Common Sense? Because that's what they've just come up with in the UK. So do we need one here?
1: box to the right. This is a waste of 86,000 pounds of our taxpayer's money.
0: On Triple Jack. Yeah, there's a lot of chat about this minister for common sense to tackle woke culture in the UK. What do you think of it? Maybe you reckon it's a good idea? What's the one minister you think should be in our government? Maybe you think a minister for good times, a minister for hottest one hundred. I don't know. Call in one triple five three six You can message in as well o four three nine seven five seven triple five. Darcy, come on, you got thoughts on this one?
2: Oh, it's the biggest culture worry
0: thing that I've ever
2: heard in my life. I think, but I had a, I did have a think about this, and I feel like in Australia we have this term, the pub test. Yeah, does <laughs> this pass the pub test? Yeah. So. If we did have a minister for common sense, you could say that their job would be to just go around... Random pubs across Australia, <laughs> and just ask people what they think about a given topic. It sounds over a skewy, pretty good.
0: <laughs> You're like, oh, is, is that job going, Minister? Seriously, for common sense, I'll be a consultant for the Minister <laughs> of uh, an advisor to the Minister of Common Sense. Alicia, former political staff, sure you got big views on this. Where's our Minister for Common Sense?
1: Well, you would. I mean, I, I heard it in the package, but you would hope that most of our ministers <laughs> have common sense. Like, that's just. I, I think. I think the issue here is, and um, Darcy sort of hit on it perfectly, it's like the most culture war-y thing. And for me, it it really does feel like this kind of Tory dog whistle to their constituents of being like, we are, it's like um, embedded in this kind of like anti-woke rhetoric Mm -hmm. and... And I think that that's really disappointing because we, we also heard in that package, like it's it's taxpayers' money. And you would hope that not only that all of the ministers have common sense, but for me, a minister for common sense would be like um, a minister that considers housing as a human right or that people are all treat, treated equally in our society. Like, I, I just think that it should be, I, I would like to see... In the Australian context, a minister for compassion. If we're just like coming up with new oh, minister for compassion. I D- think that's nice.
0: Darcy, you got anyone mm. that any ministerial appointment you'd like to make right here on the shake-up? So the minister for compassion, yeah, or, not- or or just like <laughs> any other minister you think we should see in government? I don't know. I remember reading a few years ago minister about for again. <laughs>
2: again.
0: <laughs> I'm already the prime minister. Of
2: <laughs> yeah. So I'll um, no, I remember reading a few years ago in the UK about they appointed, or maybe it was actually in the US, about appointing a minister for loneliness.
0: Yeah. And it was around like
2: mental health strategies and like building community around people, um, which I thought was really interesting. And it was like largely received pretty positively, even though it sounds like a bizarre thing to
0: have a, Ministry for? It does. But, you know, and we've covered this on HACK, it's kind of an epidemic, loneliness and the health impacts of that, the deaths that are related to it as well. So, yeah, maybe some of the things that seem a bit strange now. Uh, Will be okay in a few in a few years. We'll, we'll be thinking are quite normal.
1: Yeah, it is really important. I know that sounds like it might sound to some like a little bit flippant, the minister for loneliness. But I know that basically ministries in government, it's about elevating an issue to the top priority of the government. And I know over here in Western Australia, last year, um, uh, it was either last year or you know the years are escaping. Um, we've got we've now we now have a minister for homelessness, John Kerry, and. I think that what that shows is that homelessness is at the top of the agenda for the Western Australian government. So as much as we joke about oh you know minister for common sense, well that that is why it's kind of um a little bit disappointing to see what seems to be a bit of a it, it is fits into that sort of culture war framework where a ministry really can give a focus to really important issues.
0: Someone on the text line, Nick from Newey, says, Minister for silly walks. Uh, there's, probably, there's probably a few of those around already, unofficially, actually. Someone else <laughs> says, Minister of common sense is a real laugh considering most politicians don't have an ounce of common sense. Mm. That's someone's opinion. Another person, there needs to be a minister for the common person, someone who has to live off an average Australian wage and see how people yes. actually interact. Mm. I mean, that's probably a big thing people are thinking of, especially during the cost of living crisis with rents, spiking across the country. We saw horrible updated data on that this week showing the extent of the rental crisis. Another thing we saw out of the UK, everything's going down in the UK at the moment, but former British PM David Cameron's made a shock comeback. What do you reckon, Darcy, of politicians making a comeback?
2: I don't know. There is a... Uh... Yeah, there is a bit of a saying in football where you say that uh, no one ever really retires. So <laughs> you're either tapped on the shoulder and told you can retire or,
0: or we're going to cut you. So
1: Sometimes in politics too, Darcy. Yeah, I think it's the way. same in
0: politics. It's the same in journalism too. It's the same across the board, guys. What Do you do? You reckon it should be like the sporting world though, Darcy, that like once you, you've got one stab at it and then once you're done, that's pretty much you're
2: it? Done. I don't know. It feels like that should be the case, but I'm sure there are. Examples in history where people have uh, have gone away and come back. I think even did Winston Churchill might have even yeah, done that. Yeah, he I did. Think. So he did. Um, you know, I suppose there's a bit of precedent for it, but it just feels a little bit like, come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Enough's enough. I know sporting comebacks never go well, so. Yeah, um,
0: so maybe this isn't going to go well. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, Alicia, is there someone you'd like to see return to Australian politics? There is. I, <laughs> oh, I,
1: mean, you know, I, I saw. you got your answer
0: Yeah, ready. she's like, I, actually, I've been waiting for this one.
1: <laughs> I saw the David Cameron news, and it reminded me of what is my Roman <laughs> empire. Oh, okay. And that is, and I don't know if Darcy will be au fait with this example, given it <laughs> is a different code, but I constantly, I I can, I tell you what lives rent-free in my oh, mind. The time that Mal- <laughs> Meninga <laughs> entered politics. <laughs> and for like for people listening that don't know about please Google Mal- <laughs> Meninga political career and you will find it. Basically like he launched this campaign and he went and sat down for one radio interview and he was like asked one question and he was kind of like, <laughs> nah, I'm out. And I <laughs> it's <laughs> the oldest political
2: campaign of all It's time.
0: impressive. Yeah, I (laughs) I think
1: there is something, like, very Australian at the heart of that and I think maybe Mal would be celebrated if he got back into the fray. Well,
0: hey, you guys have got some fans. Maybe you should be heading into politics. Someone says you guys are the ministers for legends. Oh, my. love, love that. <laughs> you, like, what's all this? All these titles everyone gets on this show. Yeah. That's what we do. We knight you, we bestow you all these titles. It's starting to feel a bit shallow to be honest. Yeah, it titles. is. It's a bit too much, <laughs> isn't it? It goes a bit too far. Hey, we've got one more topic to squeeze in. Hack. Musician, blank, says screen addiction derailed his passion for music.
1: If I were to Google you now, how hard is it to find this article? I reckon before? it's number
0: three. It's at least on the first Page.
1: the one thing that's scarier than halloween is seeing how much data the internet has on you
0: on triple j yeah what is it honestly what is it because you know what i'm talking about you think about it all the time the one thing that exists online that keeps you up at night You've been locked out of an old socials account. There's some pics you've been tagged in. It's something we all go through. We were talking earlier this week on Hack about how businesses have popped up to help people get their cringe, annoying digital history deleted. Tell me, what is yours? 0439757555. Message in now. Got to ask the Shake Up crew. We've got AFL superstar, Collingwood captain, Darcy Moore, reality TV superstar, author, (laughs) former political staffer, Alicia Aitken, Radburn. Darcy... There's so much of you online. There's so much, right? Pictures, media, paparazzi, stuff from games. Is it at the point with you where you're like, I don't even care what's out there now? 100%. It's like... From, like that must be pretty liberating.
2: I was drafted at 18 years old, so from wow. pretty much since I was an adult, I've, it's just been obviously lots of stuff online about everything about me, so... But come on, there's something definitely... that you're trying to <laughs> bury away, isn't there? There's oh, there's something. definitely some... Uh, some footage of me as an eighteen year old trying to get drafted. Um, that's uh, yeah we'll sure I'm sure it'll come up at some point later yeah, on in my career, So what are
0: the key words we type in well, there? Well
2: The first thing I thought of was my absolute fire Myspace from when I was oh. like 13, 14 and I yeah. was I was like oh thank god that's disappeared and that went under but then I'm kind of <laughs> like it would be nice to see it again.
0: Oh a little oh. bit of a trip down memory lane you yeah, reckon? Yeah
2: because it's like a couple of them are burned in my memory myself sitting there well, playing that... around with some HTML code and just I know that's the thing it was <laughs> you know, pretty if you tricky. know you know
0: Yeah you gotta like you had picking themes and songs 100%. and all kinds of stuff all those friends that were raided in totally. a really brutal way <laughs> Yeah We were coding before Coding was a thing. Oh yeah, Alicia. Surely, is there something out there you want
1: deleted? Okay, firstly, I'm worried (laughs) about my Bebo. Do we remember Bebo? Oh my god,
2: (laughs) that pixel. Yeah, I had yeah, pixo yeah.
1: memory unlocked. <laughs> I'm worried about how my neopets are doing. <laughs> um, I do, I, Dave. I have one. Well, okay. This is kind of a bit of a confession. I, in, in part, <laughs> I was drawn to the fact of doing the bachelor because I was like, oh, at least if I like do something bold like that, it will change my search history. That's I don't know. So I'm,
0: funny. Some
1: people would say like whether for the better or not, but I have this one. <laughs> Thing. And actually I would genuinely challenge the hack audience if they could find it. It is so cringe. Do not
0: do that, Alicia. <laughs> do not there do was, that. There was.
1: There was back in the day, this and this is fully embarrassing, there was um this makeup brand called Australis. Um, they ran a competition, and you could be like their roving reporter for Stereosonic. Oh, <laughs> so many things in that sentence that are funny, <laughs> and and in order to enter, you had to like show your you, you had to shoot a video, and it was your favorite product and your favorite artist. And I had my product or whatever. I set it up like I did it on my MacBook Photo Booth, and my favorite artist, I shit you not, was. Red
0: Foo. Oh. Red Foo
1: from LMFAO. Like, so are hold you serious? On. So hold
0: on. Is this out there somewhere?
1: Somewhere, somewhere. Okay. And I just, like, Well, if hope this is the God. deal, because
0: you've challenged the hack audience. Yeah. If, if someone
1: finds it, we're I will up... post it on my Instagram. We're...
0: No, we're posting it on the hack Instagram. <laughs> if no. someone finds it, it's away. going out there. It's
1: so bad, guys. Oh.
0: It's like... Does it freak you out, Darcy, knowing there's so much information about you online? And I mean, I mean that not just because... You you know, you're a celebrity, you're a big sports star, but just generally for anyone, like sometimes people will forget that their phone numbers up there or email addresses. Do you does that worry you at all? Uh, a little bit, um, but I suppose like I was talking about it recently with a
2: few friends about the all the stuff that's coming out about deepfake technology and about how. um you know, they yeah. can basically, with someone's enough of someone's voice or enough of someone's face, they can basically fake anything. And my mates were all just sitting around and just looked at me and were like, well, you're screwed then. because oh,
1: it's <laughs> true. It's true. And
2: it's, yeah, it's true. It's like... At, at that point, when half of, you know, we're we going to get to a point where half the internet's fake and half of it's real, and
0: then are you going to be able to get the fake stuff deleted? Who knows? Well, that's kind of a, that could be a good thing, couldn't it, Alicia? If you, like, if half of it's fake, you anything that comes up, you're like, oh, no, I think that's a fake one, actually. Yeah. Someone's <laughs> just... I would never like red food. It's got to be fake. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never oh, want wait, to as Guys,
1: it. it's absolutely fake. LMFAO and I'm like, oh. party rock anthem over here just secretly on the way out of the studio. Oh, I think, um, I think seriously, many of us, I uh, our generation are thinking: When will come the point in time that we're sort of like if someone brings something out at you and and it isn't quite favourable or representative of who you are as yeah. a person in the present time? When will that sort of culture ch- shift to be like, oh, okay? I, I understand that you were like 17 and what. Totally. What, what, what yeah, will we allow yeah. and what we won't? And yeah. how will the deep fake stuff sit within that as well? Oh, well,
0: hey, so many questions. A lot of texts on the text line. Tegan says, I have a live journal account I can't access. It's basically me complaining about my on-off, um, on-again, off-again high school boyfriend. <laughs> so cringe. Someone else, a few news articles uh, of my house getting raided in 2013. Oh. Another person, I've just been deleting Facebook memories as they come up for the past two years. Mm. Hey, that's what we've got time for thank you so much the shake up crew massive thanks superstar panel collingwood captain darcy moore thank you no worries man thanks for having me and Loved it. alicia aiken radburn thank you as well
1: so fun as always
0: hack on triple jack and that's all we've got time for on the shake up on hack for this week i'll catch you next week have a great weekend see ya
1: d salman here sliding into your podcast feed to let you know that the hookup podcast has all the sex and relationship content you need Honestly, you need us in your life. Join us each week as we talk all things love and f***ing like this. is also there so that you have great sex. Like, I don't know about anyone who's given themselves an orgasm in two minutes. Like, it's fine. It's the fast food of orgasms. That's the hookup. If you like hack, you'll love us. Get us wherever you get your
2: pods.